can y'all tell that I'm nervous? Just, just a little bit? That's okay, though. I'd like to start out by saying thank you to Brother Chad and the elders for allowing me to speak with you all tonight. There's a, this will be my first time ever speaking in front of anyone ever whatsoever, so uh, no pressure whatsoever. Um, I got a lot of friends and family here that's here to see me. They've driven a long way, so hopefully I won't disappoint them at all. Brother Danny has encouraged us in his class to go out of our comfort zone and do more things in the church and out in life to make us better Christians and make us stronger Christians all for the glory of God. Brother Danny, I I totally agree with you. With that being said, if I'm horrible at this tonight, feel free to blame him and not me. This, uh, what I'm going to talk to you about tonight is something that's very personal to me. It's very personal to my wife. It's something that hits us very deeply in the hearts. If I start to get a little bit emotional, you'll have to forgive me because it's very important to me. If I start to tear up, I just want you to remember that it's, uh, it's quite dusty up here. So it might affect my allergies just a little bit. There's been something that I've said several times in the past. In fact, we've probably all said it at one point or the other, whether it's talking to a friend, a co-worker, a loved one, or even maybe we've said it to ourselves in private. It's something that we take for granted. And for me and my wife, it was something that made us feel better about the situation that we put ourselves in. We as Christians find ourselves sometimes struggling with our Christianity and how much time we think we might have to make our lives right with God again. But do we really know how much time we have? I want to talk to you tonight about just how much time my wife and I thought we had to make our lives right with God. I grew up in the Church of Christ. I was blessed to have a family that loved me very much and that loved God even more. They took the time to teach me about God and how He expects us to live our life. I was showered with the love and the teachings and the Word of God my entire childhood. At age 15, I took the step that I knew was right, obeyed the gospel, and continued down my path of Christianity. But somewhere along the road, I... I fell, like most of us do. I stumbled. I was lost. I was sucked into the world. Some people might even have told me I was held under the arm of Satan himself. I knew what was right in my heart. I knew what I had been taught my entire childhood. But at the time, I didn't care. I was too in love with the world. And too in love with the worldly things that I had. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved God. But I loved the world even more. 1 John 2.15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Did this change my actions? Absolutely not. My family kept asking me, When are you going to get your life right? When are you going to change? 
when are you going to come back to God? And as much as I knew they were right, as much as I knew that I needed God in my life, and as strong as the urge was for me to come back to Him, the hold on my soul from the devil was much, much stronger. Every time I was asked those questions, I would always say the same thing. The same answer always kept pouring out of my mouth. I know. I know what I need to do. I know I've got, I know I've got to, but I've got time. I met my wife four years ago. It was love at first sight. Actually, well, at least for me it was. I, I think I either grew on her or she felt sorry for me because I feel like I'm way out of my league. She grew up in the Church of Christ as well. She was showered by her mother and her family with the same love and the teachings that I was. Which eventually, as she got older, led to her obeying the gospel also, just like myself. However, she seemed to fall off of the same road that I did. We continued with our own lives, knowing that we were living wrong. We even went as far as when asked by our friends what we knew about God and what we knew about the gospel, we would change the subject due to feeling guilty about falling away. Matthew ten thirty one through 32 says, Whosoever thou for shalt confess me before men, him will I also confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. We were putting everything before God. Our friends, our family, our work, our hobbies, our jobs, everything. It was all before Him. By doing that, we were also having problems. We were having problems with our marriage. We were having problems with our money. The love that me and my wife once had for each other was no longer there. The D word, the divorce word, came up in my house probably three to four times a week. That's a lot. We knew that if we went back to God and if we followed Him and we did like He said, we knew that He tells us in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, we knew that God wasn't going to give us our wants, you know, like a new car, like Brother Chad put on the wall, or a lot of money, or maybe, just maybe, the Auburn Tigers winning the third national championship in a row. Just, we knew that stuff wasn't going to happen. Did this change our lifestyle? Absolutely not. We just kept going like we were because of our own guilt and stupid pride. And when asked about going back to God, we would always say the same thing. I've got time. But we were just about to, we were about to find out just how quickly our time could be taken away from us. On March 18th, six days after our third wedding anniversary, my wife was rushed to Vanderbilt Medical Center with a pulmonary embolism. She had a massive blood clot stuck in the main artery going from her heart to her lungs. Me having the medical background that I do knew that this was extremely bad as soon as I heard the diagnosis from the doctor. 
As the doctor put it, you can be laying in the operating room of the best hospital in America. And if the clot slips into your lungs, there's absolutely nothing that they could do for you. That was hard to swallow. That was hard for me to grasp. As she was rushed to the hospital, I felt that her time was slipping away very quickly. After we arrived and after a very short goodbye, my wife was taken away from me to surgery. While standing in the hallway, I started to cry. I started to think, does she still have time? Has she thought to take the time to pray to God, to ask for Him to forgive her? Will He even forgive her after all the things that we had done? After all the worldly things that we had fallen in love with? 1 John 1, nine says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But was it too late for her? After standing alone in the hallway, I finally muscled up enough courage to make my way down to the waiting room. I was trying to hold back tears as I made my way over the check-in desk and start the long process of being at Vanderbilt. I was feeling so small, so alone, and so empty inside. My wife had just been taken away from me, the woman that I loved more than life itself. And here I was, standing all alone. But just when I was feeling my worst, I saw the most beautiful sight that I could ever see. Both of my grandparents walked through the door in the emergency room. As I ran over to my grandfather, he could tell by the look in my eyes that his grandson had had just about all he could take. That he was done. He opened his arms and he gave me one of the biggest, most lovingest hugs I've ever had from him in my entire life. As I was crying on his shoulder, he just kept repeating the same words over and over again. It's okay, son. Trust in God. It's okay. During the time of waiting, I did more praying and crying than I'd ever done in my entire life. My grandfather had to keep reminding me several times that God will not put on us any more than we can handle. But the question was at the time, why was I just now turning to God? Why was it taking something so traumatic for me to turn to God? Several hours later, I got the phone call that I'd been asking God for. Excuse me, the dust up here. It gets, it gets kind of bad. My wife had made it out of surgery. and She was doing just fine. When I saw her laying there for the first time with the machine breathing for her, it, it broke my heart. I kept wondering, did she deserve this? Is this a way for God to show us that He is still in control and that we must put Him first in everything that we do? Myself and our family were all standing around her bed, each one of us taking turns, holding her hand and praying. I was standing there, her hand in mine, was watching her chest go up and down with every pump of oxygen from the machine into her lungs. By this time, it was getting very late, and everyone had been at the hospital for quite a while. It was decided that 
most of the family would go home to get some rest and that I needed to go get some of our things from the house because we were going to be at the hospital for a while. As I was driving home, after I left the hospital, I was driving home, I had, I had reached my limit. At that time, I was so scared and was so angry. I was frightened. I started to cry and started to talk to God. I know you won't put on me any more than what I can handle, but when is enough enough? I can't do this. I can't continue... To live my life thinking that I'm in control. And I can't continue to live my life without you. I'm so sorry for hurting you, Lord. I'm so sorry for putting everything else in front of you. I trust in you. And I give you complete control of my life. Please forgive me. It was at that moment that all the pain, all the sorrow... And all my worries felt like it was lifted off of my shoulders. I had humbled myself and opened my heart up to God. And He had forgiven me, just like His Son tells us that He will. After all these years of falling, I was at peace with God again. When I returned from getting our things, my wife was laying in bed awake and breathing on her own. I held her hand and she looked at me and said, it's time to make a change. I knew exactly what she was talking about because our lives had gone from we've got time to our time is right now. Her time had almost ran out, but God had other plans for us. The recovery process for her was very slow, but it gave us lots of time to reflect on our lives and how we had been living. We had taken our lives for granted. We had taken God for granted. How could we have been so selfish to think that we knew how much time we have in our lives to make it right with God? How can we do that? We said we loved God, but did we really? Do you really love God? God loved us so much that He sent His only Son to die for us, for me, for you, for you, Matt, for you, Willie. He sent Him to die for us. And what did we do to repay Him? We put worldly things in front of Him. We didn't talk about Him to our friends when they asked. We didn't worship Him like He commands us to do. That's not love. To me, I was being a hypocrite. Have you ever asked yourself, do I love God? Do I love God like He loves me? And do I show my love for God like He did for us? If you've never asked yourself that question, then maybe your time is right now also.
By the grace of God, my wife made a full recovery. We did a lot of praying, crying, excuse me, and asking for forgiveness. We agreed that we wanted to find a church home and start living our life for God again. We felt like He had given us a second chance on life. He had given us a second chance on our marriage, but most of all, He gave us a second chance to follow Him. We got up the next Sunday morning and set out to find a church home. My wife had made the comment that she would like to come here to Fountainhead to see what it was like. When we arrived, I'll never forget it. It was Friends and Family Day. We arrived. We, we were met by Brother Chad at the front door. He greeted us with the love and open arms that a Christian should. As I approached him and I stuck my hand out to shake his hand, he stopped me. And he said, sorry, man, but I'm a hugger. From the minute we walked in the door, the love and the kindness never stopped. You all didn't know us from anyone, but you were just happy that we were here and that we were here to worship God. After worship was over, we got back in our vehicle and both said that we didn't want to visit any other churches in the area. This is where we felt God wanted us to be. And it's because of the love and the forgiveness that God showed us and the love and the Christian attitude that you all showed us. That's the reason that we're here. And that's the reason that I'm standing before you tonight speaking. Some of us take our lives for granted, whether we want to admit it or not. We go through life not, not knowing God, or we go through life claiming to know Him, but in reality we know nothing. But there are also some of us that do know God, and that He knows us too. Which one are you? How much time do you think you have to know God? I can promise you one thing, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. It's not as much time as you think. As for me and my wife, now we know God. And He knows us. The Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians 7-9 through that... Jesus is coming back in flame and fire and will take vengeance out on those that do not know Him. Are you going to be one of those? Are you going to be one of those that think you have plenty of time only to realize that your time is up and it's too late? Jesus tells us in Matthew seven twenty one through 23 Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye who practice lawlessness. Or are you going to be one of the few... On that judgment day to hear those sweet, sweet words. Job well done, good and faithful Christian. Come, I have prepared a home for you in heaven. If you don't know God and you're not a Christian, 
Let me tell you how you can know him. You've got to hear Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You've got to believe Mark sixteen sixteen. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then you've got to be baptized. Right here. In this watery grave for the remission of your sins. It's all here. Everything that you need to become a Christian is all right here. The water is right here. Brother Matt, Brother Chad, they're all right here and they're waiting. Why wait? Why put it off any longer? If you're already a Christian but you haven't been living faithfully, you've fallen off the path just like we did, but you need prayers. You need that strength again or you need to ask God to forgive you, then come up here. The mercy of God is great, but you've got to be the one to come to Him. And you've got to do it with an open mind and a humbled heart, and He will forgive you. Let me end this evening by leaving you with one more verse. Mark thirteen thirty-two through 33 But about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is warning us. He is telling us exactly what I have been telling you all tonight. You have no idea how much you have, how long you have in your life to make it right with God. Don't wait for your sign. Brother Chad this morning was talking about signs. If I could just get a sign from God that that shows me He loves me. Like, you know, a new house or a new car or something like that. Don't do that. I waited for that. But my sign was my wife almost dying. It might not be the sign that you want. And it could be too late. I'm begging you. Jesus is begging you and God is begging you. Don't put it off until tomorrow because tomorrow may be too late. We're not promised the next minute, the next hour, or the next second. It's all right here. Like I said earlier, everything is right here. If you haven't obeyed the gospel and you would like to become a Christian, or if you're already a Christian and you need to ask God to forgiveness, please do it now. Please don't wait any longer. Do so right now. That's together we stand and sing.